This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. Hello and welcome to the year-end episode of Dungeon Master's Handbook. I'm Michael Shorten, Chicago Wiz, and I'm really glad you're here. You might notice I have a froggy-sounding voice. Um, that is courtesy of a lovely Christmas-time cold that I've gotten from one of the many grandkids that were here. We had a fabulous Christmas. We um, celebrated with the family here at my home for the first time. Uh, we did the, the full meal. I did a tremendous amount of cooking, a whole lot of wrapping, a whole lot of preparation, and I think that's uh, why I was so exhausted and got the cold shortly thereafter, and I've spent the last three days just utterly miserable. However, my uh, world in Minecraft looks amazing. I won't get into that, but my grandkids are now having fun going through and exploring all of the things that Papa has done for them. Um... Before I get into my thoughts on 2019 and 2020, I wanted to play a few call-ins and answer some questions. That's one of the really cool things about doing the podcast on Anchor is it provides you a way of being able to communicate with each other by leaving messages. Uh, I've really come to enjoy that part. And unfortunately, I know I kind of disappeared off of the uh, informal discord that several of the OSR anchorites have created known as the Audio Dungeon Discord server. Uh, I am still around and I hope my friends enjoy the responses. So let's get started first with John Allen Large from Red Dice Diaries. This is John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Eventually managed to find your podcast using the Anchor app. Been listening to it on my computer, but trying to find anything with the, uh, the words Dungeon Master in the title is uh, always a bit hit and miss with Anchor. But just to say, I've been listening to your episode of 15 about how to run a War Games campaign found it very interesting very in-depth i'm not sure i'll go into that sort of level of things myself since like i said i'm not a massive fan of the sort of war games myself but i did find it very interesting to hear indeed the mechanisms that you used to run that sort of thing in your campaign also nice to hear a few familiar names hordes of the things etc and to hear what tools you were using so just sort of say keep up the good work dude take care that was John Allen Large. John, appreciate the call-in um, and appreciate your thoughts and uh, comments about my wargaming episodes. That's part of my back library where I cover how I do wargames, both mass combat within a session of Dungeons & Dragons and also how I've put a wargame campaign um, slant or aspect into my overall D&D campaign world. Uh, I think that's podcast number 15 or so around there. 
Um, unfortunately, for 2019, I didn't do much uh, war games in my campaign world. Uh, this year was all about painting miniatures and doing a little bit of terrain building. Uh, I hope to do more war gaming in my campaign world in uh, 2020, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. So thank you, John. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and hope that you have a wonderful 2020 New Year. Next up, we have Che Webster from Roleplay Rescue. Hey Chicago Wiz, it's Che Webster from Roleplay Rescue. Just wanted to say hello, and I'm sorry I'm very late to your party, but um, I don't remember exactly who put me on to your podcast, but I was, I suspect it might be Spencer, but I'm not sure. Um, anyway, I was listening to the episode on AD&D Initiative and um, how that works out and how that plays out, and it was kind of very interesting. And I also noticed on um, Discord that you were commenting on how you were worried your very, very niche, niche, niche kind of focus was a bad thing. I don't think that's true. I think your very niche, niche, niche thing is an incredible strength and I want to keep listening. And you know what? You might just encourage me to actually go and have a look at AD&D again because, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a game that I love uh, when I was a kid but never played properly and uh, maybe I should look at it again. But anyway, I just want to say thank you and, uh, yeah, game on, man. Cool. That was Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue. Che, thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed the demystifying AD&D episode on on the surprise and initiative. I hope to do more of that in 2020 where I've got other aspects of AD&D that I hope to demystify based on my own experience of playing AD&D. So I hope you, Che, and the rest of you all uh, will give them a listen. Next up, we have Joe the Blind Rat from the podcast Hindsightless. Hey, man, it's Joe, and that was a really, really great episode, dude. It was heartfelt. It was thoughtful. It was it was just such a good, good message, and I just want you to know I appreciate it, and I think you have a fantastic show. I do have one question, though. You've mentioned it a couple times, and I'm not sure what you mean when you talk about needing a spreadsheet to run 3.5. I've been running Pathfinder for years now, and that's a more complicated version of 3.5, and I've never needed a spreadsheet or anything. So yeah, man, I was just wondering about that. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, peace out. Hey, Joe. Um, That was Joe from Hindsightless Podcast. Joe, thanks a lot for your kind comments. I really appreciate your kind words. Uh, The story of my brief foray into uh, the 3.5 edition of D&D is not a very good one. I had been out of the game for some time. I want to say from the early 90s to uh, about 2007, 2008, when I began to be interested in playing again. And naturally, 3.5 being the version at the time, I bought some used books and started to get into it. My dream was to take the world of Ultima and transform it into a campaign that I would run in 3.5. And I was not very familiar with 3.5, having just picked up the books. 
And what I was trying to do was follow along with some of the examples and things that uh, the books showed. And I got hung up on the concept of uh, challenge ratings, CRs, and how to, I guess, tune the campaign so that every dungeon or every series of adventures resulted in people gaining XP. So I had to figure out, all right, if I want them to go from first to second level, then they need to earn this many XP. And then I have to have these many monsters and this much treasure, not realizing at the time that uh, gold did not equal XP in 3.5. I was used to, you know, old school D&D. I got about a third of the way through maybe the second or third dungeon slash major area, and I had spent hours and hours trying to calculate these things and make sure that I had the right amount of XP and the right amount of treasure, and I was like, this is silly. This is nuts. I don't get it. I was becoming very confused and very disheartened by what I was reading and just the sheer number of choices and almost an overload of rules that I had to try and memorize. And mind you, I was coming into this brand new from having not played for uh, it was about 15 years or so. And I went back to what I knew, which was first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and the older games, the 1974 OD&D and the Holmes 1978 Basic. And I haven't looked back since. So that's my sordid story. Um, I'm sure, you know, someone who knew 3.5 would have been able to point me in the right direction. But to be honest with you, I couldn't be happier playing with the old rules and having a ongoing 10-year campaign with it. So I think it worked out well in the end. But that's my story. And next we have Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Hey, Michael, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. I think driving podcasts are the absolute best, don't you? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I really uh, like the way you approach the guy with, you know, the old school... I don't know if you want to call it philosophy or whatever, and just kind of gave him the information, let him decide on his own. Because, you know, the fifth, fifth edition can definitely get uh, a bit overwhelming with everything out there. But maybe with some free PDFs with the, with the old, old stuff that might kind of ease him in a little bit better. But, yeah. Uh, and, uh, hey, have a great holiday, Michael. I uh, hope everything goes well for you and you get to enjoy some time off. And, uh uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Keep podcasting. Hey, Tim. Thanks for calling in. Um, Tim Shorts of the Gothridge Manor has been around since what I call the first age of the OSR blogs. I remember Tim uh, coming in and right away just being a wonderful contributor, so positive, so upbeat, uh, always had great things to say and great things to contribute. And wow, Tim, you've really kept the home fires burning. So congratulations on a, a long run and looking forward to hearing more from you. Um, I will definitely try to do more driving podcasts, uh, so look for more rambles in the future. Hi Mike, it's Gordon Centurion here. Just a very quick message to you know return your 
uh, Christmas wishes and uh, the same to you and your family. All the best to you and in the new year. It's a bit uh, bit frantic on Christmas Day, but I thought I'd get you a quick message off and uh, yes, hopefully we can uh, continue our, uh, our, our little back and forths about uh, stuff. Um, I do have a question for you, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll put that in a separate message. All right, well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Cheerio. Bye. That was Mr. Goblin's Henchman of the Goblin's Henchman podcast and blog. Uh, we exchanged some emails over the concept of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons initiative, as I had explained it. He had some very interesting questions. But what I thought was really awesome and true to the word of what Gary and TSR told you to do, make it your own, he has made initiative his own. Instead of trying to mess around with percentages of who can be surprised versus who will surprised and individual uh, dexterity providing a better response time. He's making it all into the concept of bonuses, plussing and minusing it so that all he's doing is a D6 roll, adding and subtracting to come up with the number of segments or the uh, the likelihood of surprise, if, if I remember it correctly. But that is the whole entire thing. You know, at least knowing the rules then gives you a foundation for being able to tweak with it. Now, that's what I like to do. When I get something, I will try to figure it out as it stands, and then I'll play with it. You know, do I like it? Do I not like it? But I have that foundation to work from, and that's exactly what uh, Mr. Goblin Henchy did. And uh, well done, sir, and I look forward to hearing more of your comments and thoughts in the future. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up 2019 and get ready for 2020. I'm recording this on Monday, December 30th, and tomorrow will be New Year's Eve. I am uh, thoroughly glad that 2019 is over, and I'm very much looking forward to 2020. Um, my thoughts on 2019 and the OSR. I think it's been a year of change for our little movement, our little scene, however you want to look at it. We certainly saw a lot of change in where the community itself gathers with the shutdown of the Google Plus service and the subsequent splintering of where folks go to feel their community, do their social thing, exchange ideas. Um, on a personal level, I've been involved with the OSR Discord scene. Um, I've obviously kept uh, myself in the blog scene as well as joining the podcast scene. And I think it's very vibrant. I think that uh, it shows in the amount of great content that is still being released, whether or not it's released on DriveThruRPG or actually published through established publishers or, and admittedly my favorite, totally free do-it-yourself stuff that uh, we've all been feeding on for the past 15 years or so. So I think it very much is still alive, although splintered, and I think that that may actually end up being a good thing. I also think the world caught up with folks from the OSR a bit, and I'm talking about the cultural changes and what is acceptable and not acceptable. Certainly 2019 was filled with a lot of news of, <clears throat> excuse me, some 
quite frankly, horrific things that have happened, as well as some things being done that shouldn't have been done. And those people were held accountable for that. Um, I always like to think of something that my army drill sergeant used to tell me, drill in our head, adapt or die. And whether or not, um, you know, you view this as a good thing, a bad thing, or as I feel, it's a little bit of both. The old world and the ways that were around when Dungeons & Dragons first came out, and as it's grown through the 80s and 90s, those ways are no more. The world has changed. And we, as a hobby, as a scene, have to adapt to that new world or we die. Um, it's evolution. I like to think of evolution as, or evolution for a scene or a movement or an idea as taking what you value the most out of this thing and putting it forward into the future. But I think you have to do it in a way where it's going to be well-received by the people who are in the future. If you think you can communicate in the old ways, in the ways of the past, it's not going to work out too well. You're going to have to climb a lot more rungs on that ladder. And honestly, I haven't seen it work out too well where old school ways if they are presented in the ways and if they are done in the ways of the past, they usually don't make it to the future. And I think that's certainly true for the OSR um, because, quite frankly, the settlers are here. Now, what do I mean by that? I think I've spoken about this on a previous podcast, a, a theory that I've heard from a uh, from a someone that I trust and, and respect. And uh, he said that in movements, there are the pioneers, the people who come first, the people who blaze the trails and beat down the brush and discover the new lands. And then after that come the settlers. And the settlers and the pioneers are going to have completely different agendas. They're going to have different ideas. And typically what happens is the pioneers fade away. And we even saw a little bit of this in the OSR in 2019. And I'm talking about the release of things like OSC, the old school experience books, a recasting of the BX rules when it really overshadowed in excitement and in mind space and mind share what Labyrinth Lord had done 10 years earlier. They're both basically the same set of rules. Admittedly, there are differences. I will grant you that OSC is one person's interpretation of BX, whereas Labyrinth Lord was somebody else's. But at the end of the day, they're still essentially the same core game. But everyone's excited about OSC. It is the new thing. It is the settler. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of that as we go into the future. So those are my thoughts on the OSR and 2019. My personal uh, reflections on 2019. Well, on a personal level, um, I've, I've shared with some of you, we've had some great losses this year in 2019. Uh, it started with the passing of a 15-year pet that had been with us, Bear, 
That happened in April. And then it culminated in uh, November with the loss of my son. So from that perspective, uh, 2019 can burn in a dumpster fire. I would give anything to have both of those reversed, but that's life. On a gaming level, uh, my Etnera campaign grew. That's exciting. Um, the online game that I started last January on Roll20 and Discord is officially a year old and still very much alive and kicking, so I'm really excited about that. My tabletop campaign at, in the Etnera world is finishing up our 10th year, and we'll be starting on year 11 in January. Exciting. And my play-by-post game is starting on our 10th year. Now, what's interesting is each of these games is on the precipice of some awesome discoveries, each in their own way, which I think is absolutely fabulous, and I'm really excited to see what happens in the coming year. So uh, please stay tuned, and as the players discover it, I'll be happy to share it with you. Um, 2019, also from uh, just my own content, uh, Restarting the blog, obviously, finishing up my Three Hexes series, and then starting the Three Hexes zine, where I am rewriting and improving and adding new things to the Three Hexes and releasing them in a pay-what-you-want format on DriveThruRPG. Issues 1 and 2 are out right now, and I have issue number 3 coming out in early... Excuse me. In early January, that will include quite a few of Three Hexes for sci-fi and modern campaigns. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, I also painted a ton of minis. I painted on the order of close to 300 figures. Um, unfortunately, I got a lot of figures, so I didn't end up uh, clearing off as many as I had hoped off of the uh, lead mountain. It's still about the same, but, you know, there's 2020, and maybe I'll get to the fabled land of zero there. I also uh, ran quite a few games of Chaos Wars. Chaos Wars is the newly revived uh, fantasy miniatures war game by Rao Partha. Yes, Rao Partha Miniatures is still alive and well. They're owned by Ironwind Metals, and I am proud to be a demo team member of the Rao Partha group. Uh, I go to conventions and events, and I run games, or I'll produce content on the internet for uh, Rao Partha and for the Chaos Wars game. So I'm hoping in 2020 to have a podcast with the man behind all of this new Rao Partha goodness. That would be Jacob Fathbruckner. I just have to actually ask him and get him on the show and we'll talk about all things Chaos Wars. So look forward to that. And then finally, uh, I have managed to get some regularity in my one-on... That sounded bad. I've managed to be more consistent <laughs> with my one-on-one -on -one game with my wife. Um, she's uh, very excited that we've been able to play more D&D &D together, as well as my fifth edition campaign with my family using the Minds of Fandelver. That is ticking along nicely. We generally get to play about once a month, and I've promised them a New Year's Day game, so they are looking forward to that.
So let's talk about the year ahead, 2020. What do I want? Well, personally, I just want to be able to play more games. I'm not going to paint as much miniatures this year. Um, in fact, I'm sure that Jacob Fazbruckner of Ralph Partha is not going to be happy to hear. He's bugging me for some elven cavalry because he knows how much I hate painting cavalry, but he likes how they turn out. So, uh, Jacob, I will get those figures done. It just may take me all year. Um, I want to play more games. I've started the Northern Illinois Fantasy Miniatures Association, and that's a group of us that get together semi-regularly to play fantasy war games. I want to keep that going. I want to play more at Nera D&D. I want to make sure that we play at least once a month for the tabletop. I want to have that regular online game going and keep the play-by-post game going, as well as run the game for whoever else wants if they want to experience my world. And I want to do more terrain and models this year. Right now I'm doing a model of the Moat House from the uh, venerable TSR module T1 Village of Hamlet. I'm running a uh, chainmail OD&D game at GaryCon using the destroyed Moat House, and I'm having so much fun making the model. It is turning out to look fabulous. I'm really excited, and I want to do a little bit more models, make the uh, tabletop a little more exciting when, uh, when you see the, the things that I can put out there, and I have fun doing it. What do I hope for the OSR in 2020? I hope that we have less rules and more settings. We have a plethora of rules. I'm pretty sure I could go on the internet and find just about any sort of rule set that I want for any type of setting that's keyed towards the old school vibe. And that's great. It's, it's an embarrassment of riches, but now what I want, I want the settings. I want settings that take the rules and warp them into aspects of that setting. I want Empire of the Petal Thrones. I want Blackmore. I want those settings where rules and settings are so merged together that it's like a completely new game, but it's less about how do I do thief skills and how do I do, uh, you know, magic and more about I've taken magic and I've recast it as a flavor of this world. And thieves are a combination of mages and steampunk tinkerers. And that's how they manage to do their pilfering. Whatever it is, that's my challenge to you OSR content creators is don't just think about rules. Put out a setting. Because honestly... That's how I think we sell the OSR the most. If you give the players a compelling setting to play in, they're not going to care if you're using ascending armor or descending armor. They're just going to want to know what happens next in this wonderful setting. I hope to see more do-it-yourself stuff. I hope that that continues. I hope that people don't think that they have to publish and, and ha sell their work on uh, drive through RPG, but that they can just create and share it with others. And finally, I hope for more connections. We have splintered. 
we do exist in a lot of different areas, and I hope that there's more inroads made so that the podcasters are talking about what's happening on the blogs. The blogs are pointing to the Discord servers and the email groups and wherever else OSR people are connecting and talking because that's one of the coolest things that we do is we get together, we bounce ideas off of each other, and we come up with some terribly compelling games. Most importantly, I hope that you, my listeners, my readers, my followers, Chicago is his hench folks. I like that. I hope Chicago is Chicago is his hench folks, and I'm never using that phrase again because I can't say it. I hope you all have a happy new year. I hope that 2020 is full of prosperity for you. I hope you have good health. I hope you find joy and love in the coming year. And best of all, I hope you get to play lots of games. Well, that's it for now. Goodbye to 2019. Hello, 2020. And take care, you all. And most importantly, game on.